honor to be here. Uh, this is my home, so I don't have to introduce myself. Um, I thank uh, Bishop Ver and his wife for everything they always do for us. Um, for being there for us. You know, one thing that I always tell people, you need a spiritual father. Somebody you can rely on. Somebody you can talk. Somebody you can call. You know, people get depressed, stressed out because they are left on their own when they face difficulties and, uh, and problems in their lives. But when you have somebody that you can call and ask for advice and ask for prayers, you can make it. No one can make it alone. God has made us, created us to live in a community. Because we have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They all work together. And so we work as a family. And I always tell the uh, body of Christ, we need to see each other as family. And when one person is rejoicing, we rejoice with the person. And once the person has a problem, it becomes automatically your problem. You need to pray for him. You need to do your best to help the person. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage us. This is the way God wants us to do. To be there for one another. To be our brothers and sisters keepers. Hallelujah. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share this morning. Uh, thank you, Mama Bishop. Anytime I'm here, I'm just, I just relax. She takes good care of us. And uh, I'm glad that I was able to come with my wife to experience the life at Tabernacle of Praise. Yeah, um, wanted to come with my little girl, but if she, she come here, then I will not be able to stand here because she will want to play the keyboard and touch everything here. And I think that, can, that is not going to be fun. <laughs> so maybe next year, um, we should be able to come with her. And uh, you have all the greeting from uh, New Creation Church uh, in uh, Bellevue, Washington. And um, I hope our next conference we have more people from Tabernacle of Praise to come to Seattle. So you need to start saving, putting some money aside for that. Travis, I want to see you. We're going to talk. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, today I wanted to talk about something. Um, I want to talk about praise. Um, and I'm going to talk about two different points. The first thing will be faith. And then the second will be faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then the third will be praise. Hallelujah. Why did I say faith twice? You have to insist on faith. Because if we sing Christian songs, you know, singing Christian songs is different than praising God. Because I know some people who don't even believe in God, and they sing Christian songs. But are they really praising God? 
Because the first, there are certain songs that the songwriter has experienced great things in his life. He has experienced the power of God in his life. And therefore, he puts some word of appreciation to honor God for what he has done for him. That sometimes we copy those songs and we just sing them and we don't even think about the meaning of those words. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but I wanted to explain a few things. Something that has to do with praise. In um, West Africa, we have um, somebody that we, people usually call in French, griot. And griot is uh, spelled G-R-I-O-T. And the griot, his job is to sing praises for kings. And those griots, that can describe every king up to an ex-generation. And that's their job. And when a griot stands here to talk about me, he will talk about me, talk about my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, and he, the list will keep going on and on and on. The great things that my great-parents have accomplished, everything, the battle that he won, and everything, and that's their job. And when a griot dies, his son will inherit his position. And the thing is that they have the school of the griot. So the griot will tell his kids everything about the kings that he is working for. Everything. What makes the king happy? What makes the king sad? He will explain every detail to his children. So when he passes away, the child comes and does exactly the same thing. And when his child, when he, the, 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 the second griot passes away, his child, it's, it's something that they pass from one generation to another generation. And when a griot is praising the king, you can see the head of the king shake. That means he's enjoying the praises. And at the end of the day, the king will start blessing the people because he's been praised and he's satisfied of the way the people think about him because the griot represent the, the whole city, the whole kingdom. So anything the griot says about the king, this is exactly what the whole kingdom think about their king. Hallelujah. I hope uh, you guys getting where I'm heading. And I've been thinking about that. And I'm trying to understand. This is exactly what Christian was supposed to do. I praise God. There is a reason why I praise God. But I need to explain that to my child. Why am I praising God? It's true that my little girl, she's still young. 
And she comes to church and she sees people clap hands and she sees me dancing and she tried to dance like me, but she doesn't understand why daddy is dancing. Every morning we hold hands and pray before we go to work. Um, she's now getting used to what we do. And she holds hands. When she sees us, she runs because she knows what we're going to do. And at the end of it, she says, Amen. But she doesn't know why she says, Amen. So I have to wait and to explain to her why I pray, why I read my Bible, why I go to church. Hallelujah. And unfortunately, the church is failing his duty to explain certain things that we do in the church to the younger generation. That's why sometimes I don't blame some young people who run away from the church because we don't explain anything. We come, we do it as a ritual. They watch it. Okay, what's going on? Why is this? this, What these people jumping? They don't get it. They don't get the point. And when you take an example of the Israel history, the Bible says that there come a time a generation that did not know God. But why they did not know God? Because somebody failed to explain. Because Jesus, uh, God gave, they, 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 uh, 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 gave an assignment to Moses. He said, anything you guys do, make sure you explain that to your children. Because one day, they will say, but Daddy, why do we have these stones here? Oh, Daddy, why do you have this river here? Daddy, what? You need to be able to explain to them. That it because once upon the time we were slaves in Egypt and God sent somebody called Moses and he took us through the Red Sea. And when we came out of the Red Sea, he has each tri- uh, tribe to pick a stone so that we can build as a wall that will be a sign of the 12 tribes. So God always give instruction to Moses because God wasn't only uh, uh, worried about that generation, but he was concerned about the next generation. And so he was preparing Moses. He was bringing that to Moses' attention that he should be able to start preparing things and keeping the record. Are we explaining that to our children? We have five years, six years, seven years. Do they understand why we come to church? Because if they don't understand it, they will stay home. If they don't get the point, they will stay home. How many, I'm still wondering, how many uh, mothers will explain their children uh, the miracles that God has operated in their lives when they were 10 years old? How many people have explained to their children the provision that God brought into their lives when they were 15 years old? 
So if you don't do that, how will they understand what you are doing? I sometimes watch young people who are so fascinated about video games and uh, technology, and they invest their money into it. Some people I know they make a lot of money, but all this money is being invested in things that will vanish in the next six months. Now, the problem is that nobody ever told them about the serious problems that they went through the Great Depression. Because if you know what the Great Depression means and what it caused, then you will start saving your money instead of lavishing it in perishable things. Only few people take their time to explain their children how to save their money, to pay off their cars as early as possible, as soon as possible, to pay their, their houses and whatever, instead of investing it and things that don't really make sense. Because you cannot expect the TV, the media, to educate your children. Hallelujah. Now, I was trying to read the Bible to figure out what time the Israelite, uh, Israelites started the actual praise to God. We know that Abraham... God asked him to go to an unknown, you know, country. And he was going to bless him. He followed that. He was tested. But he was doing the sacrifice that God was asking. And he was instructing, giving instruction to his children. Isaac and Isaac to his generation. But the whole thing started when uh, Moses encounter God at the burning bush. And God asked him to go and, and take the Israelites out of the land of slavery. Some of them were like, do you think God really exists, Moses? If God does exist, what are we doing here? How can God exist and we will be mistreated in this land of Egypt? So there was no faith. But still, the love that God had for them was to be accomplished and be manifested through their freedom. They went through all the process, the encounter with Pharaoh and all his administration, until they left Egypt. And when they get to the Red Sea, they look at the Red Sea, man, how are we going to do this? And not only that, they turned back and they saw the king of Egypt coming with his army. And they like, whoa, Moses, who told you to bring us in this place to die? Did we tell you that in Egypt they didn't have grave to bury us? Why do you have to bring us here to die in this wilderness without tomb? So Moses would become now the person to blame. There was no faith at that point. So faith is a kind of process. You watch God do things. And, 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 and you try to really, mm, this must be really God. 
And bit by bit, you really get to a point where like, yes, I have seen God done this. That means the future is granted. Hallelujah. So, Moses, after encountering God, he knew that God was going to do something. But he didn't know what God was going to do. Because God promised him. But the Israelites didn't know that. They blamed him. And then uh, after the cross, the Red Sea. This is where we're going to start reading the passages. Um, If somebody has a... You can take your Bible to um, Exodus. Hallelujah. Exodus 15. We are not going to read all these passages, but I just want to let you know some of the major passages we can read, verses that we can read. Exodus 15. We are talking about faith and praise. Exodus 15. Uh, we'll ask somebody to read uh, verse 20, but before that, I just want to show you where we, if you go home, you can take, a, you can take your Bible and read the whole thing. Read the whole chapter, because the whole chapter will give you more understanding of praise and faith. The song of Moses and Miriam from verse 1, it says, Then Moses and the Israelites sung this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and drivers he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariot and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drawn into the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sunk to the depth like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. And the list goes on and on. But I wanted to ask somebody to read the verse 20. Verse 20. Mm-hmm. Then Miriam. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He has hurled into the sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you go home, this is your homework. You will understand when the Israelites discover the necessity of praising God, 
is after they have seen the officers of the army of Egypt being washed away from the ocean to the seashore. Because they were all frightened. There was no hope. There was nothing. But from the time they crossed the Red Sea and the Pharaoh and his army were still following him, the, following them, God made a miracle. God proved them that he's in control. God proved them that Moses was not just lying to them, but he was telling them the truth. So they started singing praises to him. Uh, you know, the verse 20, why I decided to pick up that verse is that uh, I love it. Miriam is um, Moses' sister. For some of you who know pretty much the story, Moses and Aaron's sister. And she was a prophetess. And the Bible says she took a team. And then all the women followed her. Hallelujah. And they started singing to the Lord. Hallelujah. And they start praising God. And they start lifting his name high. Hallelujah. Because those women have seen what God has done to their enemy. Therefore, that was the reason to join Miriam to praise God. And Israel knew that God exists. That, is, that, the, uh, that place was the birth of faith, I can call for Israel. Yes, now I can tell you I believe God. After, you know, the, the funny thing is this. When I read this account, that... Despite the, the, the supply that God brought upon the Egyptians, that didn't make sense to them at all. It turned the water into blood and bring all these kinds of things. That didn't really move the Israelites. But from the time they saw the, 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 the Red Sea supplied for them to cross, from the time they saw Pharaoh and his army stranded in the sea, they said, yes, this is God's mighty hand. Yeah, there are certain miracles that don't really move people, you know. I have a friend of mine who said he came to America from Togo and um, he wanted to give a testimony. And he said, you know, when I was back in Africa, I was so hungry and I have to fast and pray and ask God for money to eat and God provided for me. And people were like, what? That is not a miracle. Hallelujah. That kind of testimony doesn't move somebody in the American perspective. Because at the end of the service, some people came back. My friend, why, if you were hungry, why you didn't go to the food bank? We don't have food bank in Africa. <laughs> and that was not all. Another guy came and said, why couldn't you use your credit card? Who will give you a credit card in Africa? <laughs> Hallelujah. There are some circumstances that God will create in your life to, 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 to bring faith, to ignite faith in your life. That's why sometimes what you go through life is that it's not an excuse for you to run away from God, but it's an, a way for you to, to build your faith in God. 
Hallelujah. Now, what is faith? Let's take our Bible in the book of Hebrews 11. I'm not going to be long tonight because I'm flying at four. So if I stay here long, I will miss my flight. So I have to be careful. <laughs> I will probably be able to say what God wants me to say today. And maybe next time we talk about the rest. Hebrews 11, let's read the first verse, and then I will ask somebody to read verse 2. I like to ask people to read because you need to come to the church with your Bible. Hallelujah. And you mark it when you go home. You say, oh, this is what the pastor asks us to read. But if you go to church with that Bible, then you go home, you don't even know where they read. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. The conviction of things not seen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I like the French version of this passage because the words are so strong. I love linguistics. And I'm thinking about maybe I will have my master's in sociolinguistics or something like that. I like to play with languages. And um, there are some verses in English version that are so strong than the French words. And then there are some verses in the English, in the French verse, they are so strong. But the, the, the French explanation, definition of faith, according to, to the same uh, chapter and verses, la foi est une ferme assurance. You see how powerful it is. La foi est une ferme. Ferme. It's the same explanation like in English. It's firm. Assurance of things that you don't even dream about having. Hallelujah. If you believe in God, for something, that belief, that expectation must be firm like the rock that nothing can even break. And this is how all these great men of God in the Bible, we read their account and you're like, my, 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 how did they get there? Faith needs to take your soul, your spirit, and body, your knowledge, and everything. That's why we cannot uh, learn faith on books or anything like that. It's, it has to be from the bottom of your heart. So we need to have faith in God. Why? I like the firm assurance. Because there's so many gods on this planet. And we need to be firm about what we believe. People will try to distract you for the younger generation. Don't waste your time on internet. Because nothing 
is going to really happen. People define so many things on the internet that to the point that it brings so much confusion. But your faith must be firm. I trust in God. And no matter what is going on in my life, I will trust in him. No matter the circumstance, the situation, what people will say, persecution, being naked, being poor, being killed, nothing, absolutely nothing can get between you and your God. Verse 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, without faith, it is impossible to praise God. Because how can I praise somebody I don't know? I come to South Carolina because I know somebody. Bishop Alfred Jackson. I come to South Carolina because I know Tabernacle of Praise. Right? If I land here and there is, he is not in, in, in Rock Hill, I'm probably going to call a few people that I know. Because of my encounter with you. Right? Not only my encounter with you, but the trust I have in you. Because if I don't trust you, I'm not coming here. There are so many churches in Rock Hill, so many churches in South Carolina, so many pastors. I don't know them. And I don't, since I don't know them, how will I trust them? And since I don't know them and I don't trust them, how will I go to them? So, we praise God because we know him. We praise God because we trust him. Yeah. I wanted us to take this will be the last example that I want to give. is the example of David. A lot of people like to talk, yes, I want to praise God like David praises because David was so, he loved God and he was naked, he danced like crazy. That's right. But do you know why David praised God? Sometimes we don't want to do things because somebody does it. And I tell people, a lot of people ask me, why you love God that much? And I said, because I knew him before I got here. So they're like, okay. If I didn't know him, I wouldn't praise him. The fact that I'm a Christian is not because in Africa we don't have gods. We have a 